Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Plus, listen and watch on the ESPN app. All afternoon long, we have been talking all about what transpired last night in Cincinnati with Tamar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, who went into cardiac arrest on the field after he was hit uh, in trying to, in making a tackle. Uh, of T. Higgins, and he is in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital as we speak. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we uh, basically have been waiting for any new news, but there is not any new news, and there may not be for a while. So let's kind of lay out why that might be the case. Hear from Coley Harvey, ESPN reporter in Cincinnati earlier today. Uh, filing this and letting us know why it might be a little bit of time. We won't have any major uh, updates for the first 24 hours after these events because doctors typically will sedate and cool patients in these moments in order to, to work on the brain function. They want to preserve the brain function. After that 24-hour period expires, that's when they'll begin to wake that person up and try to see what brain function they they, they have. So typically speaking, when this is done the way that it should the prognosis can be good is what I'm hearing from cardiologists who I've spoken to. That's uh, that's the kinds of news that is promising. Again, we don't have that for certain. These are doctors who I've spoken to who are not actually seeing DeMar, who are not in this room right now. I want to make that clear. But it is at least news that we can take uh, as a grain of salt at this moment in time as we try to hear more and more promising updates on the status of this Bills player. Carlin, we're looking for certainty in uncertain times. Yep. And and that's the thing that we're all struggling to grapple with because we're so accustomed to seeing players in these circumstances be able to give the thumbs up before they're carted off or before they're put into the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And we couldn't get that assurance from DeMar, nor could we get that assurance for any of the spokespeople uh, on hand at at the stadium or anybody from the National Football League. And so that's the piece of this that's all unsettling, the lack of information that's coming out about it. And as this continues to, you know, because to go on as time continues to pass, this is something that we're all going to become increasingly more worried about. And, and, and I get it. Listen, I understand the interest in it. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're fans of the game. We want him to be okay. Um, but this is just one of those circumstances, Carlin, where we're not going to get any assurances until the medical professionals understand exactly what we're dealing with and, and what lies ahead for DeMar and for his family. Because the worst thing any medical professional can do, one of the worst things you can do, is to speak too soon. And I'm not talking from a legal standpoint. I'm talking from a human standpoint. Yes. Of letting people feel hope when there may not be hope or feel worse about a situation that may be better either way. And here's the point. As much as we all want to feel better, that doesn't matter. No. All that needs to happen is we'll find out 
when we need to find out. And we all just have to accept that. What has to happen right now is just that the answers come back positive for that young man and his family. And Chris, uh, you and Eric Legrand were the two people I was thinking of last night. Eric, certainly for what he went through 12 years ago, and we spoke to him earlier on the show. But more so the idea of having played the game as you did, um, having gone through the physical sacrifice that you did for as long as you did at a very high level, and the prices that you pay down the line with that, but also just watching and understanding that moment in a way that none of us ever could. Yeah, I mean, Carlin, first and foremost, you think about the young man. And when it happened in real time, I didn't think it was anything serious, but as time continued to pass and, you know, the broadcast continued to cut away to successive commercial breaks, you realize this was unlike any other thing that we've ever seen, or at least anything that I've seen in my lifetime, and I'm 40 years old. Um, And so when that started to unfold and then we got word that he needed CPR in order to restart his heart, you realize this is a life-or-death situation. And as a former player, as somebody that continues to be a fan of the game, when you're faced with your mortality in that way, it's scary as hell. It's scary as hell. And and I can't can't begin to describe what those players must have been feeling in that moment on that field. All you can do is point to the images of them crying – embracing each other, and praying to get some semblance, some idea of the weight of it all. Because every player understands that when you go out there to compete, there's a chance that you might not walk off that field. But you don't entertain that it could potentially be you. As crazy as that sounds... That's the reality of it. We know that this is a violent game. We know that this is a brutal game. We also know that we've defied the odds to have the privilege of playing this game. And so that is the mentality of every single player when they set foot on that field. They don't think they're going to be the ones to find themselves in a situation like DeMar was in last night. They don't. Even though they know it's a possibility, No player thinks he's going to be carted off, stretchered off, ambulance to the hospital. They don't. Families deal with that. I I can tell you this. My father went to every single game in my college and pro career. And, Carlin, he'll tell me the best part of the game was at the end where he could come down to the locker room and give me a hug because his biggest concern was if his son was going to walk off the field. Now, there were some instances where I didn't walk off the field. And I had to be carted off. Now, nothing to the degree of what DeMar was dealing with, but Carlin, families that support these young men, they're going through this too. And so immediately when it happened, I'm thinking about DeMar. I'm thinking about what his mom is experiencing. She's getting in the ambulance to go to the hospital with him. I'm thinking about all of his friends, all of his teammates, people that poured into this young man so he could have this opportunity. Those are the people that my thoughts and prayers are with, along with DeMar. And then after that, 
I thought about myself. I thought about how fortunate I was to play this game for 11 years in the National Football League and to be able to have some degree of health on the other side of it, to be able to have some semblance of well-being. Because I could have been in the situation that DeMar Hamlin was in. And most of the players that I know that I've talked to since last night, they feel the exact same way. And so as selfish as it sounds, that's where your mind goes when you think about the possibilities and what the outcome could be for DeMar Hamlin. I think the other thing is, as fans, we sit on this side of it, and there is no question that most of the time you do not look at players on a football field that you are watching on TV as human. And just simply, just physically from the actual equipment that you wear. Yeah. And, I mean, it's true, Chris. I told you Yeah, I know. Listen, I, the, the face mask that I wore, everybody loves the face mask that I wore with the visor and all of the bars. Yeah. But, I mean, that that's intimidating to see somebody that's 6'8", 340 pounds that, that has all of that gear on running full speed to hit another human being. Yeah. I I, I remember being on the sideline one time in, in uh, Miami when Sean Taylor was playing at the University of Miami. And he was coming at me on the sideline as he was trying to make a tackle. And all I could think is, this guy is a machine headed for me. It's not a human. And the point of this is simply, it it is sad that it takes something like this for us to realize and respect that athletes are human. and, And it sounds so cliche to say, but realistically... This is the case, and if we we don't acknowledge that, I don't think we're being fully honest with ourselves. You know, really respecting that there is a personal side for each and every one of these guys who put themselves on the line physically every time they're out there. And I don't know what a further appreciation of that looks like, but I know that I'll try to have it even more. I've I've tried to have it over the years, and it, it's hard sometimes when you literally can't put a face with the name on the back of a jersey. But at the same time, it doesn't matter that you don't know what they look like. You just need to remember that they are human beings with I, I, families. I'm with you 100%, Carlin, but I can understand why humanizing the athletes can be problematic for fans because – it could interfere or it could be a barrier to the entertainment value that the product provides. And I hate to talk about it in these terms, but that's what the NFL is. It's an entertainment product. And and fans have their team and they're rooting for their guys. And, you know, when it when it's a situation that these two teams are at each other and you see a team on the schedule, you're rooting for your guys, you're rooting against the other guys. From the stands, you can hear people saying, knock the hell out of this one and that one. Carlin, it's hard to humanize somebody when you're rooting for that to happen. And and so I get it. But these are the moments where we have to put things into proper perspective. And the solidarity that we saw with players, coaches, NFL fans last night represents the best of us. 
DeMar Hamlin has a toy charity. The fans have donated over $4 million to that charity. The goal for the charity was to raise 2500 bucks. Approaching five now. Approaching $5 million. So that just shows you that we all recognize, okay, in this moment, there's something bigger than football. But it's hard for us to stay in that place. It's hard for fans to stay in that place because it keeps them from having that mindless entertainment that they enjoy every Sunday or every Monday night or every Thursday night. And so that is the inherent conflict that comes along with loving the game of football. But it's in these moments where we have to recognize athletes are people. It's in these moments we have to recognize there's a reason why the NFLPA fights for better working conditions, fights for health and safety protocols, fights for every single dollar for these players. Because it's a finite period of time that you have to be a part of this game, Carlin. And the reason why career spans are so short are in part because this is such a physically taxing game. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. I want to play something for you from Dominic Foxworth from this morning along these lines, ESPN football analyst on Get Up Today. And Dominique is speaking about what we saw kind of transpire in and around the game, the reactions that we saw, and how that ultimately leads to the dehumanization that we were speaking. One of the more surprising things is like how angry I felt last night. Mm. And I think a lot of people probably felt angry because I had to like throw my phone in the corner and I left my hotel and I just walked around the city for a couple hours. Because looking at social media, everyone's mad at Roger Goodell for not acting fast enough. You're mad at football. You're mad at this. You're mad at all because you don't know what to do with that emotion. And I understand people process differently. But watching everyone else get angry made me angry, frankly. Because, and this is where my union background, I think, ties in some, Mm. is y'all don't give a damn about us for real. (laughs) You know, and that's what, like, really pisses me off is everyone's up in arms and everyone's like grandstanding to a degree about how much you care about these players and how much you are praying for them. But football's not going to go away, nor do I want it to go away. It's far too lucrative, and people love it too much, including the players. But what I would hope is that away from moments like this, you remember that these things can happen. I think we can all hope that, and you were speaking of how it's easy to not treat the players as human, but at the same time, uh, I I don't want to sound like I'm I'm coming down on it, but I include myself in this when I say this, because I'm sitting here as someone that part of my job is to debate sports and criticize players routinely. I have to remember that these guys have families and are human and all that, and not just in what we say, but in just how they're treated overall. And all I could think of last night is watching his mother come down onto the field and have to ride with with her son in an ambulance moments after his heart stopped beating. And she was there to celebrate a remarkable accomplishment. Every opportunity that she gets, that her family gets, to watch her son play football is a celebration of a remarkable achievement and opportunity. This guy, who came up in a very tough situation in McKees Rock, Pennsylvania, 
lost many friends to senseless violence over the years, made his way to the NFL, and she gets that opportunity to see that, and all of a sudden it turns into her worst nightmare in so many ways. And when we talk about the humanization, just think about that. Think about the idea of what your parent would think if that was you or what you would think as a parent. Yeah, I mean, Carlin, what you're calling for is for football fans to empathize with these players and their families. That That is the definition of empathy. Try, even though you haven't been in that situation, trying to put yourself in that person's shoes and understanding the potential emotions that they might be feeling and being gracious and showing kindness. that That's what you're asking to do in this situation. Now, we've seen nothing but an outpouring of that since this incident took place a little before 9 p.m. last night. But what we want as players, people that are a part of this game, people that are really close to this game, is that you keep that same energy for all of the players at all times. And I get I get why it's so hard to do, Carlin, but it's necessary because we are talking about people that put themselves at risk for our entertainment. Justin Tuck used to say it all the time, my pain, your entertainment, my pain, your entertainment. And, and <laughs> you know, when you're in your 20s, you don't, you don't make much of it. But that's the reality for the men that play this game. And... We just want fans to understand that this is what we're doing. We're putting ourselves at risk in order to play a game that we love, but a game that you love to watch us play. And that's all that players want. We don't want somebody to to, to feel sad for us. We're not asking for anybody to feel sorry for us. But what we do want is for fans to appreciate the risk that we're taking on in order to play this game. Last part here is what now for DeMar Hamlin and what his situation is and what doctors are, you know, trying to figure out uh, is going to be a prognosis. What concerns them the most? Earlier today, Dr. Jennifer Hathy from uh, cardiologist at Columbia University was on Get Up and I thought in a very responsible way uh, spoke eloquently about this entire situation with the clear understanding that she is not treating him as a patient, mm-hmm. but was asked what the real concerns are here in the coming days uh, when it comes to DeMar Hamlin. I mean, really brain function. So the brain is exquisitely sensitive to uh, oxygen. And during uh, a cardiac arrest, obviously oxygen is not getting to the brain well. So urgent CPR can help provide that. Um, and then as soon as a breathing tube is put in, obviously, they're going to be able to deliver oxygen well. Uh, so, in, you know, the, the next coming days will be about his brain, his end organs. They will probably focus on trying to regulate his temperature, his electrolytes, looking at his kidney function, his liver function. Some uh, institutions will cool patients who have had a cardiac arrest in order to drop the temperature and allow for better brain recovery. But the brain recovery can be slow. And But sometimes we can be very surprised and it can be fast. So at this point, I think he's probably receiving excellent care, following all the guidelines, and hopefully he will have a swift recovery with uh, intact neurologic function. Well, it, it, 
in terms of the next few days, that's all you can do is continue to send your positive vibes and, and hope for the best. And again, don't get caught up in when we find out about something. Just keep those same thoughts and that same energy toward him and his family right now. That's the only thing do. that matters right now, yep. Carlin. Just sending positive thoughts and prayers to DeMar and his family because they are going through a very difficult time right now. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Up next, we spoke to Jeff Darlington earlier in the show, had some interesting perspective from people he's talked to around the league and also what next year as far as the league is concerned. We'll tell you the very latest that we know as well. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Plus, listen and watch on the ESPN app. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. That's the Dr. Pepper call-in line. And we've had some great calls from you today, and we want you to be a part of the show in just sharing what you're thinking as it all went down last night and in the moment, uh, just what your emotions were, and now a day later and watching the whole situation unfold in Cincinnati with DeMar Hamlin. Lines are open right now at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And there always uh, are going to be questions about what lies next. We had ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington on earlier First of all, though, Jeff speaking on the fact that in that particular moment, the league, both teams, everyone involved was remarkably prepared for such a catastrophe. For all the criticism that we probably have been levying on the NFL today for what felt like a very delayed response to postponing the game, I'm very impressed by the fact that the league was so prepared for that moment. I had one player I was texting with, a quarterback in the league, who this is a a harsh sentiment, but he said, I don't think if that happens anywhere but a football field or a hospital, that he lives. A professional football field where there were 10 trainers around him and an ambulance out there that he was receiving CPR within seconds of when it happened. There's not many places in the the world where you survive that. And this this player made a, a clear point to me that 
he thinks that the, the football field, you know, I reminded him in that text, well, you know, it's not everywhere that you're colliding bodies with massive men at high speeds. But, you know, his point was that, you know, at least the NFL is prepared for it. I mean, think about that for a moment, that if you're not in that situation or in a hospital, you might be gone. It's remarkable, and it's it's not necessarily about just full-on praising everything that went on, but yep. the bottom line is um, whatever all of the procedures are to be ready for the moment, in case something catastrophic happens, they were ready for the moment. Yeah, and I think Dan Graziano and Adam Schefter have done a great job over the last 24 hours of being able to outline all of that, Carlin, um, just to talk about the level of preparation that goes into making sure that the medical staff and the athletic trainers are ready to respond in the event that a player experiences an injury like we saw DeMar experience on Monday Night Football. The training that they do in the offseason and in the preseason, uh, the people that are uh, a part of the personnel in the medical staff, um, having an airway specialist on hand to actually assist when you're talking about a player needing CPR in order to restore his heartbeat on the field. Uh, All of those things matter. And based on the information that we've received uh, throughout the day from various medical professionals, they've all reiterated, Carlin, that every second matters in a situation like this. And for the NFL to have the appropriate people on hand to administer care to this young man and to give him a chance to fight for his life, it, it, it's it's absolutely incredible. The NFL is not looking for a victory lap in this, but Carlin, I am going to give them their flowers with this particular situation because we could have been talking about a tragedy last night. Mm. I mean, and, and, and now Demar has an opportunity to fight for his life in a hospital. And in the meantime, there is the questions that will surround what happens now. The league has come out today and made the announcement that the Bills-Bengals game is not going to be resumed this week, and they have not made a final decision uh, on what's going to happen there. As far as we know, everything for Week 18 is on schedule to happen. But how does it move forward? Here is Jeff Darlington uh, with us earlier on that topic. It's all about his health right now. That is perfectly fair, and, and it's really the only thing that the NFL can say right now. But, I mean, this is wildly complicated beyond that, and uh, it's unprecedented. I don't know the answer. You know, and it, you could say, uh, look, I mean, it extends. I mean, when we're ready to have the conversation, and I don't know when it is. I, I almost feel uncomfortable even talking about it now, but it extends. You know, the games all have impacts on one another in this week, and it's I don't know how you – the Bills don't play, the Patriots, the Dolphins, all teams are impacted, but that it also doesn't matter. Well, he's right. In, in most ways it doesn't matter, uh, but how they're going to deal with it, um, it is – the most important word that he said in there, I think, is uh, outside of expressing the concern for DeMar is unprecedented. So they're just going to have to navigate their way through this and – I think everybody's just going to understand there's probably no perfect solution to it all. Yeah, Carlin, the last time I remember the NFL pausing the season was 20 years ago with 9-11. Yep. I mean, think about the magnitude of that event and what it took for the NFL to say, okay, we can't play games. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I know we've come a long way in terms of having more sensitivity and more awareness for what players put themselves through in order to play this game. But we do know that football is going to be played again this season. Yes. And so we asked the question, not trying to be insensitive to what DeMar and his family going through, but we asked the question knowing that it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is a major work day for the NFL players. That's where all of your install, all your game planning is happening. And not just talking about the Bills or the Bengals, but the rest of the league, how do we proceed in terms of making sure that our players and our coaches are in the right headspace in order to go out and do their jobs? There's a reason why Roger Goodell sent that memo out, notifying all of the teams that there are additional mental health professionals that are available to them if they need those additional resources. This is a very difficult situation that impacts everybody in the National Football League, not just the two clubs that were playing on Monday Night Football. Well, this is the thing, and I would ask that you please speak to this more than me uh, because of your intimate knowledge of it, but it would strike me that if you have anybody that goes out on the field with any little bit of doubt about what they're doing, it becomes all the more dangerous for everyone involved. There's no question about it. Uh, Carlin, you have to play this game full speed. And one of the cliche terms that coaches use is reckless abandon. It's hard to play with reckless abandon after watching what you saw last night. It's hard for players to do that. And so, Carlin, I don't know how long it's going to take everyone to process this and for the actual players and coaches to get to a place where they feel like they're capable of going out there and doing that. But after watching everything play out last night and the league making the decision to suspend the game and them showing that level of empathy and humanizing the athletes, I feel confident that they're going to be in communication with players and coaches around the National Football League and they'll come to the right decision on when it's the appropriate time to resume play around the National Football League. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Again, we welcome you to be a part of the discussion, to share your emotions and your your thoughts as it unfolded last night and a day later today at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The lines are open. We will hit some of your calls in just Moments. Canty and Carlin brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Plus, you will hear from Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin in just moments on his relationship with DeMar Hamlin, who is a young man who grew up in a suburb of Pittsburgh. You're going to want to hear that. It's all on the way next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Plus, listen and watch on the ESPN app. No further updates as of yet on the condition of DeMar Hamlin. The last we have furnished by the NFL earlier today that he is in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital and underwent uh, cardiac arrest on the field last night in the Bills-Bengals game in Cincinnati. The league also announced that that game uh, is not going to be resumed this week, and they have not made a final decision on what will happen with that game. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We have been talking about DeMar Hamlin and his situation all day long. You have been great in chiming in on that. We want to hear from you right now. We'll go to Will in Ohio, who's been incredibly patient. He's up next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Will. Will. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. How are you? Not bad. Thanks for having me. Um, first, I just want to say uh, my thoughts and prayers are still with uh, DeMar and his family. Um, I'm a big Bengals fan. I had this circled on the schedule for a long time, and um, it was kind of ironic. I had just posted on my Instagram, uh, Will Ward 288 uh, right before the game, uh, my player to watch for was T. Higgins. And I just want to say, you know, just keep T and, you, you know, your guys' prayers also you know, we've seen uh, Bart Scott come out a little bit earlier and say some things about him. But just think about his mental and his emotional state of mind of what he has to be going through, you know, as a player and somebody that had impacted this game also. So um, just keep him uplifted. And, you know, once again, thanks for having me, guys. Listen, I, I think T. Higgins, you know, you already have seen some of what has been going through his mind yes. uh, over the last day or so. And it's... And for as as tough as it is to watch and for other players, I can't imagine what it's like for him right now. Yeah, and he had a personal relationship with DeMar Hamlin because both of them participated in Tyler Boyd's youth football camp in the Pittsburgh area. Of course, DeMar went to Pitt, and then uh, T is Tyler Boyd's teammate in that wide receiving core for the Bengals. So uh, it's tough for him to know that, he was a part of a play that led to DeMar's life being in the balance. So we send our thoughts and prayers, not only to DeMar and his family, but to T. Higgins and to all of the players that were in that game, Carlin. You saw all of those guys emote. You saw the tears. You saw them hugging each other and praying. And the look in their eyes. These are guys that are you know, gladiators, so to speak, of their time. And there was a look of fear in all of their eyes because this was foreign to them. This was uncharted territory. Carlin, this is not something that people have experienced in dealing with in the National Football League in terms of players, you know, understanding the gravity of that moment. And yet you could see they were struggling to process it. And so this is one of those situations where we send our thoughts and prayers to them as well, because this is this is about as tough as it gets, Carlin. 
Here's Mike Tomlin, Steelers head coach, on uh, DeMar Hamlin and his relationship with DeMar, considering he's from Pittsburgh. Man, it's a really personal thing for me, uh, being a Pittsburgher, and, and that young man being a Pittsburgher, I've known that guy probably since he was about 12. Um, just got a lot of respect and love for him as a human being, um, his commitment to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL, and to watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization. Um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. I um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons, and he and I get to have a moment uh, because it's just cool to 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 not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now, but to, to know them since they were younger people and to to watch their maturation, their development, to watch them, um, you know, earn what they've been chasing. Um, it's just really a, a cool thing. And he's an example of that. I got a lot of love for that young man. We lifted he, him and that organization up in prayer. That's not obviously something that you ever want to see. Carlin, that's how quickly things can change, though. Mike Tomlin talked about it, to see those guys earn what they've been chasing. To think about it, DeMar Hamlin, second year in the NFL, has an opportunity to start because of Micah Hyde's injury earlier in this season. He's playing in a consequential game in Week 17 that could potentially decide who has the number one seed in the AFC and his team has championship aspirations. This is the culmination of a lifetime of work for him. And it all changes. It's all seemingly ripped away from him in an instant. Ugh. And, and Carlin, nobody has any idea that that's going to happen. And yet, when it took place yesterday, every single player was faced with their mortality. And all of the players that have been a part of the National Football League that have transitioned on, we all understand to some degree what that is. We all understand that you can walk onto the field and not walk off. But, Carlin, in the back of your mind, you never think it's going to be you. And that's why, in that moment, you saw those tears. They're concerned for their brother, but they're also afraid because this is an unprecedented event. Well, you can never you can never consider that it could be you because if, it, if you do, it is just, frankly, more likely that you're putting yourself in harm's way when you are thinking about that as a player, and, I mean, you could speak to that better than I can, but um, it would just strike me that um, the emotions that had to be going through the minds of all those guys on the field as you are seeing this happen in real time can't be summed up in a a tweet or any of that kind of thing. Hmm. It can only be summed up in the, the personal vibes and positive vibes that you send in DeMar Hamlin's direction to that of his family.